This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Pat, what was wrong tonight? Aston Villa was better. So they play a fantastic game and... Yeah, the better team won. Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of My All Man Said, which is now being upgraded as a podcast to a top three podcast. Joining me to discuss on an impromptu show a scintillating victory against Manchester City, Mr. Chris Bird. Welcome. Hello, sir. What an evening that was. It was how Joseph Fengloss wanted it to be. <laughs> He was just too far ahead of his time. Nobody understood what he wanted to have, you know, how he wanted us to play. This, this was it. This was like how many decades later? Finally, we understand what Vengloss was after and all we about. We understand the Vengloss view. <laughs> exactly. It was brilliant. You know, over the last few years, when people, you know, when we've gone through some shaky times and then we get some a couple of good results and people go, oh, we've got our villa back. This isn't that villa. This is beyond our villa back. This is a new villa new, new this, improved. Is, this is something as i said it was something that maybe venglos had, had had envisaged uh, decades ago but this is something beyond what our comprehensions were of villa in, in certainly in recent uh, times and it's, it's funny you can put this game alongside the 6-1 against brighton and say you know which was the better villa performance i mean obviously the finishing was better in that game but we could have had a, a score up there if uh, we'd been clinical but as a complete performance i mean i i uh text somebody uh after 25 minutes villa looked like brazil in you know in in 82 just that how comfortable they were on the ball uh, and the way they were playing it around was was another another level incredible yeah the, the, the interplays through the middle of the park and we'll come on to that midfield sort of three four but they were incredible and the, the way we connected the back to front as well was superb torres and carlos's distribution was top notch Right, before we get into things, supporting the My Old Man Said podcast is NordVPN, and they are offering our listeners a bumper deal where you can get an extra four months free on top of huge savings on the personal choice when it comes to VPN of My Old Man Said. If you want to protect your privacy on your devices and while you're browsing, then NordVPN allows you to use it on six devices and... Of course, one of the key attributes of a VPN is it allows users to watch sporting events, TV shows, films, which aren't available in their region by switching their virtual location to a country where you can watch it. Perfect for those 3pm kickoffs on Saturday or 2pm kickoffs on a Sunday for the untelevised games in the UK. 
To grab your exclusive discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash moms and you'll receive four extra months for free. And there's a no risk Nord 30 day money back guarantee as well. You'll find the link uh, in the episode description notes. So check it out. I mean, starting off the, the formation was, it's almost like, I mean, we've mentioned this on uh, the shows r- running up to this. It's almost like he was he was experimenting with these games in mind against Manchester City and Arsenal. One was bringing Tillemans and Bailey through through essentially those Europa Conference League games to mm-hmm. get them up to speed while they weren't actually starting because he obviously wanted Bailey to be more consistent. Tillemans was finding his feet and and turned into an turned into a scapegoat when really you know in those Europa League games he was already showing you what he was all about and he, you know he's a class operator and he fits in with that midfield with Louise McGinn and Kamara superbly and then the other thing was this Carlos experiment putting Conzer at right back which we've not been sure about but in this game especially yeah, not, and we, you know it hasn't been convincing has it against Spurs it was a bit of a baptism of fire because Spurs went for went for the throat really then against Bournemouth we still weren't convinced but it's almost like it all came together yep and it was probably the right kind of game, you know. That both of those sides had really tricky, quick wingers, and actually, you know, Foden's great touch, balance, fabulous player, but he's not what I'd call lightning quick. Yeah, I think we big advantage that Duku wasn't uh, fit yes. for this game because it was it was almost like, as they say in boxing, uh, styles makes fights, and yeah. Manchester City's style fitted that backline, and and. Maybe that was Emery's long-term planning, knowing that whatever back four you put up against, uh, you know, the teams we've been playing, probably going to get you across the line, but you needed to have it bedded down for the bigger tests ahead. Mm-hmm. Whether he would plan that far ahead, I, I don't know, because he he's, does want to take it one game at a time and not get ahead of himself. But definitely that was bedded in for this, wasn't it? He had to get Carlos up, up to speed because it was going to be stress-tested against Haaland. But we yes. were lucky... If it was Haaland and some nippy wingers, it's a tougher night. I mean, Julian Alvarez is a world-class, you know, World Cup winning player, but he, he did fuck all, didn't he? He got hooked fairly early yeah. on. Carlos in terms of man the for silver man. as well. I mean, Bernardo's a class act. I love watching him play and he's very neat and tidy, but he wasn't, I think they just, because of our organisation, City just didn't manage to play through the lines very well, was actually we did. You know, we yeah. were playing through their midfield press. A midfield press, I might add, obviously, that you know didn't have a couple of pretty heavy hitters in there, but you can only beat what's in front of you. And I felt really confident as of last Sunday when we knew Rodri was going to be out because he's always been a bit of a sort of a chief tormentor, hasn't he? He's always dominated yeah. us. He's, a, he's physically dominant. He just runs the game for him. He's almost, he goes a bit under the radar because of the players they've got. But I saw before the game, the key stat, as it were, that gave me confidence that I think he's played about 175, 80 games and they've won about 80% of them when he plays. When he hasn't played, I think it was 16 matches and they'd lost 50% of them. So you yeah, see I the think impact more exact, It's about 76% winning with him yeah. and it was just over 50 when yeah. he's not there. But no, we, we were actually recording the last main show when, when City were playing Spurs and when yeah. when we knew about Rodri, we thought, oh, hang on a minute. This has yeah. suddenly got really interesting now. Because they've always been, a, well, not always, but recently they've been a backline that have been a bit shaky in the last few weeks anyway. Then you take yeah. Rodri out of the thing and you think, well, with, with the way we play and our dynamism in the middle of the park, City are going to have to play very, very well to contain them. And um, Villa's midfield dominated for most of the, you know, for pretty much all the game, you would say, bar a little couple of little moments and maybe five, ten minutes at the start of the second half. 
So the big, I think the big inclusion and the guy that turned out to be the match winner and chief tormentor was was Bailey in. Incredible. Bailey was, it was like a throwback. It was like yesteryear, like watching. It was like watching him on YouTube. <laughs> Tony Daly. Yeah, there's you know, a bit getting of Getting the ball there? and Villa fans leaving, you know, getting up from the seats when he's like attacking the fullback, which we haven't really seen so much uh, in recent years. I mean, the, you know, we had Tony Morley doing the same thing before that. And then after Daly, you've been scratching around a little bit. And Grealish is a different kind of player. He was more of a yeah. tricky winger. as Bailey's, he has got the, the, the pace when he wants to put on the, the afterburners. And he was, you know, he could have had, on another day, he could have had a hat-trick, couldn't he? The chances he had, and he was he was successful, wasn't he? Because yeah. he was brave with his ability, he backed his ability, and just I, had a go. Yeah, yeah. In whatever he, position he, he he was in, whatever tight spot, he would have a go. And I mean, you've seen it; we've seen it in flashes, hasn't it? I always remember that the cup game against Old Trafford, where he took it from the halfway line and went through about four or five of their players. But it's just as Emery keeps banging the drum, it's like this con- this consistency has always been the issue, and that's why he hasn't really started. But when he's come off the bench, he's been it's been great, a, a kind of a tour de force. Yep, and I love the fact that he had the bravery to receive the ball with his back to goal, which has probably been the thing that's frustrated actually Villa fans the most at times. Has been the ability to shield the ball, hold on to it, and then bring people into play. He did that, and then he would a lot of the time in the City game he would spin and go right. I'm just going to back my ability to cut inside here because then once yeah. he in sort of engages a defender he brings you know Louise Kamara especially McGinn and then all of a sudden you open up the left hand side which he did you know consistently I mean, that's obviously where the you know later in the game where the goal came from from him cutting in from the right and just kind of kept going um but but we were we were at them from the you know the first whistle you know we, could, we had probably three chances in the first five ten minutes because the underlining thing is we backed ourselves because yeah. traditionally you know you, you have a way of playing whatever your team identity is and then you play Manchester City and the like and you compensate for them and it's backs against the wall and you're pinned back but that was thrown out the window this was like we're playing you on our own terms we've built the confidence that we can do things at Villa Park through 13 wins on the trot and we're going to give you a dose of our medicine big time mm-hmm. it's almost a little bit of a dose of their own medicine because the some of the you know the, the times we played out from the back was City-esque and the way we would just cut through them and some of the little, you know, the little touches from Tiedemann. There was one with like a little, little flick over one of the midfielders' heads and there was little round-the-back passes and all these little things. I thought Torres and um, Carlos's distribution from centre-back was first-rate. You know, we've seen it a number of times with Torres where he's got that little whipped ball into sort of towards the centre circle into Kamara Louise. That was coming off a lot. I like the fact that Carlos, he didn't sort of ping them, but he was whipping these kind of um, balls over Diaz's head out to, to Watkins. He's got a there good a, weight of pass, hasn't he? Yeah, great weight of pass. And I think there was a few pundits over the last few weeks had said that, that if you've got pace, I think it was after the Liverpool game, actually, when um, City and Liverpool drew. And they said, because Liverpool had pace on the break, you didn't have to play really complicated football. You just put it in behind them and go, right, Yeah, make them face their own goal, make them sort of do the defending that they don't normally do. City are great when they've got the ball and they can control a game, but when you actually kind of go at them, they're not used to being pressurised. And we've said before, that's possibly why they've had before last season had struggled in European competition to go deep into tournaments. But also uh, from the the basis of how Villa play and, and the way they play at the back, you compare that to, I think it was, uh, it was an evening, wasn't it? December. It was early Gerard. December 2021, where, you know, it was a plucky performance, but most of it was, we were trying to play out the back then. And the back four was Cash, Target, Mings, Konza. Bailey was playing in that game, Buendia, Louise, McGinn, Nakamba, Watkins. So 
probably half the team, but yeah. it got comical, didn't it? The oh, playing God. out of the back. We were, they pressured us. And to be honest, you know, they, they tried to pressure us this time, but we were so inept, inept. And no, that was the, the previous game. That was the previous We were so... We were so slick. So slick under pressure. And I calm. mean, it was like like watching bloody Harlem Globetrotters at the time. I said Brazil 82. It's because we, we played at a calm tempo. You know, you got Harland charging at you, but it, they were unfazed. In that game uh, a couple of years ago, you know, we were, they were pressured, pressured us to a goal line. I mean, there was challenges coming in on Martinez within the six yard box and he was like having to pass it out for a goal kick or a corner. And it, it got, actually, actually it got comical, didn't it? Indeed. Whereas this one was quite the opposite. We were just playing through them at, dare I say, relative ease. Yeah, the, the amount of time, and even the centre backs were stepping into midfield. Yeah, it was the best example of the Emery way, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was that little bit of we had periods where we were very controlled and we sort of took the pace out of the game, which you never normally get against City. We had times where we just said, "Okay, you have the ball, and we're going to play a kind of a." I think Pep described it as a sort of a mid block. And then there were other times, and you see it when we're sometimes at our devastating best against these sort of teams on the break. As soon as we were sort of sniping around in the midfield, but as soon as we won the first ball and we won so many second balls especially in the first half yeah we were on them we did to city what they do to teams we hunted in packs grabbed the ball and then we sort of picked the well, generally picked the right decision in the middle of the park there were a couple of times in maybe in the final third where there was a little bit of a rush of blood to the head but you know we were we were good value for you know over 90 minutes we were, we were good value frankly at half time to have gone in ahead and we're probably are you saying not to- uh, winning the ball in their half uh, i think 13 times it's like highest is it premier premier league record premiership, premiership record yeah I mean, with the so many, I mean, what's that? Yeah. It's the Premier League. Yeah. I mean, there's so many records that actually Villa have, you know, set under Emery and broken and, you know, got rid of hoodoos against teams and everything else. But the City game, this one was a lot of really great stats that show a much broader context, don't they, in terms of sort of context, you know, in something like the number of shots Pep's side has faced in the first half is the most a Pep team's ever faced and the joint fewest shots his side have had in any game. So we beat Wolves' record. <laughs> yeah. But it, it shows... So is, it, so is, it 20, is it 23? Yeah. Or is it 22? Oh, we, had, we, had, we, had, we had 22. Yeah, 22. I think Wolves were 21 and then Brighton... Uh, and Brighton were getting... I mean, the people were going crazy over how Brighton played against Manchester City. Yeah. The amount of chances they've created in two games and, you know, we've beaten that their amount of uh, attempts. But that was, that was the thing, the first half, you know, normally there's that thing oh we're going to regret not taking our chances but you never felt that because the way we were playing we could just carry on generating chances and you never felt that we're going to uh, rue that first half there's a lot of cliches that are out the window now well you always felt that a goal was coming and there was a couple of bits yeah. on commentary that I saw you know, in the morning after and um and they were sort of essentially saying the same that you know, this has been coming. And when it came, obviously the place fucking erupted. But the, the, the big stat for me actually from it before we go on to the, sort of the key moments and stuff was that the joint fewest shots his side have attempted in any of his I think it's five hundred and thirty five games in top flight football. That's a staggering stat, especially when you see Martinez on the little Instagram video coming through the tunnel after the game, going finally a clean sheet. And yeah. you know, we we saw each other after the game. We're saying bloody hell, we can't keep a clean sheet against Luton and all these other teams. And actually, you've gone. A Toe to toe with the at the moment, you know, the best team in Europe and um and held them at arm's length. The Harlan chances big save. It was around the eleventh minute, wasn't it? Tenth, eleventh yeah. minute. And Both in quick sure. succession. Well, within key, about ten seconds. Moments. Great, great. The second save, especially. First save was decent. Second yeah, save 
because you have to get your ass off the ground to and get be in the position. Brilliant save, and, and that's what we've been talking about, Martinez, and how many points he's going to gain us come the end of the season. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, after that, the 11th minute, City never had another sniff. Nope. That's... 80-odd minutes, I mean, you throw in injury time uh, even more. 80-odd minutes, they didn't even have a sniff. I think the closest they came was a free kick that they whipped in. Louise kind of dived at it and he and he handled it really, really well. Went down low, claimed it, a couple of balls into the box. Other than that, because of the way City play, they don't really pepper the goal around the penalty area because they don't score that many goals from outside of the box. They tend to sort of pass the ball into the net. But we, Zero we, corners. That's an amazing stat. That's, that used how... to be a Villa stat constantly <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> under Sherwood and Lambert. Yeah. I always, I'd always pull that one out. Zero mm-hmm. corners. It tells you it. You know, it says it all. Zero corners. I'm sure that was the the first playoff final against Fulham. I think we had zero corners. That summed up our whole approach on that day. Yeah. Jesus Christ! You compare that performance to this one. Jesus Christ! And the bravery to just kind of go. Do you know what? we're going to go for this? We're going to play our way because you said you know, it's. It's very easy to kind of treat City as an isolated game and you kind of go into yourself very naturally. But Villa is so confident, especially at home, and obviously the, the, the Emery ways, we play the way we play. But let's let's be more specific. Let's 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 get let's talk to them about the midfield. We've, we've <sighs> mentioned the defence, but that midfield, I mean To a man, incredible. That was one of the best. The last time our midfield was celebrated was probably away against Manchester United. I think it ended at two all Grealish. Yep. Hurahan and McGinn bossed United's midfield then, but that was just, you know, whatever. This this was complete domination of treble winners, European champions. Yep. And if you've got a midfield playing like that, then you're actually looking at uh, what we can do this season and, you know, don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but there's a real basis backbone there to do something here. There is. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. There is. I thought Kamara, obviously fresh back, having had a little rest against Bournemouth, which that in itself is important. Just just having a game off to just kind of reset, came back superb. Him and Louise together were brilliant. Some of Louise's interplay. Kamara was getting higher up as well. He drove, you don't, which you don't see him as much because that's not always his role. Yeah, because he's, he's tidy, and yep. so he keeps it going, doesn't he? He keeps yep. it recycled, he keeps it rocking and rolling, as Tillemans does. And this is the good thing. I don't think we've had a midfield so technically good. Nope. T- t- some of Tillemans' touches, yeah, some of Tillemans' touches were outstanding last night. It's comfortably the best game he's had in a Villa shirt, and he's he's growing in confidence. You know, you're seeing the player that Leicester there had. There was a couple of back healers that actually came off. I think <sighs> one was Bailey, one was Tillemans, is that right? There was a great one. Tillemans had a little flick over the midfielder, as I said earlier, and then there was one when he comes into him with his back to goal, and he sort of flicks it round the back, past the defender, out to Consery, whips up whips a crossing in the second half but some of his interplay around the penalty area that's what he was brought in to do you know, this is why I was saying Brazil 82 Harlan Globetrotters yeah <laughs> but some some of the inter, interplay was top notch yep yeah and, and, and you know we were sort of working the opportunity against a very good back line you know the for all their injuries, probably further forward in midfield, City the the back line. You know, Diaz is still one of the best centre backs in the country. You know, John Stones, you know, he's an England centre back. Although I actually thought he had a poor game in midfield. I thought Villa walked all over him. And well, McGinn, uh, just I think he absolutely buried that Rico. He was Lewis brilliant, missing. but he, as well as being as technically good as the other boys, and he was, he just there's that tenacity that he that's blended in his game, which yeah. 
he's putting it up against City, and City aren't comfortable against that. Nope, nope. And that's that. He's going to be useful against Arsenal as well. I mean, he was exhausted at the end. You saw him on his back, kind yeah. of flat out. They'd put a real shift in. They knew that was a big game and they knew it was a big opportunity, I think. Yeah. Unfortunately, they took it, but they've got, you know, they've got to rest themselves and get ready for another big one against Arsenal. You know, this is what being at the business end looks like now, doesn't it? You've got to, you're playing big games regularly. And and I think Tillemans has played his way in. Are we are we now saying that's our first 11 in terms of the back four now? Because Cash was blown. I mean, we joke on the show, there's two versions of Cash. There's the Championship Cash and there's the Premier League Cash. And really, you need to be a bit more consistent. And the things that Cash can do, he doesn't do them regularly. And you saw Konza there. There was a player there who, I was joking before we were talking about, I said, once he gets in there half, he thinks he's Platini or something. He's he really... Uh, <laughs> well, because he's so strong, he's very difficult to stop. Yeah. If there's not lightning quick, he's just like, get out of the way. But as Villa fans, I mean, once you start talking about centre-backs playing right-back, you know, we, we, uh, we start to get a bit nervous and start thinking about, as you say, Melberg and Carlos Quayle, you know, those guys. Even even like Earl Barrett was a converted yeah, centre-back when he, to when fullback, he came from obviously uh, on the other side. And yeah. when he, he would look clumsy down the wing, even though he was a, a good player defensively he was a bit clumsy down the wing but Cons is a bit more of a baller than that he is he is to be fair yeah he's very composed he's very composed and because of because of his sort of physical strength when he gets into those positions you can't knock him off the ball <laughs> and like you know normally wing fullbacks are kind of nippy and small aren't they yeah the previous show we were saying we we're a bit uncomfortable that you're not going to get anything out on the overlap as you would expect uh, an out and out fullback and you know we were saying look in January you need to be trying to get a situation where we are on the left hand side where you've got two complete fullbacks and you don't mind who's playing and by the way Dina had a fantastic game yeah he did actually really good so in Konza you, you haven't got that out and out fullback but when we're talking about cash you, I mean half of us are like we need another fullback so we've got options but also we're thinking we need an upgrade I mean we're, we're whispering it so potentially in the long term but in Konza, you've got a different look because, you know, certain players, perhaps we're not the biggest team, let's say midfield upwards. And you, you see the benefits of that when you, you know, you, when you, when you've got a big front man, for example, you know, you saw Haaland heading out corners and it's always yeah. useful to have a six foot plus center forward when you're actually defending uh, set pieces as well. So we don't really have that per se. So it's useful to have the extra center back and not actually have to go all out in terms of playing the three centre-backs and the two wing-backs and you're playing a you know, three-stroke-five. If you, you've got a hybrid, then it, you can that extra play, you can actually be a midfielder like Tillemans. And yep. you know, I, I think the way Emery wants to play and the way we do play through teams, that it actually benefits us not to sacrifice a midfielder for a defender. The midfield is so balanced at the moment. And even with the guys that you've got, you know, you can bring in. You're thinking Ramsey just slots in there. He actually came off the bench, had a nice little sort of 10, 10 minute cameo, but he had some really nice touches. Um, at some point, you know, if and when you get Buendia back, he can slot into there. So we've got options galore here. But sorry, staying on the Conza thing now. So if we're saying this is a future and you obviously need to see him play a few games, it's an interesting predicament because he's suddenly gone from breaking into the England squad as a centre back to now playing as like a hybrid right back and how that affects impacts I mean it will probably help him I suppose in terms of 
being in a tournament squad, it's good. But will in the build-up to that, will he actually get in squads? If because uh, he's not going to get in yeah, as a right back, not potentially. A no. But it's great for us because of the options we have out wide in terms of you know Bailey, Diaby, and even to a certain extent Zaniola, who sort of said, "I want to play out on the right wing," which he's not going to. But you've got options galore out there. But they're all guys you want to sort of say, "You just go and win us the game." And then you know you've got cons are behind you. All of a sudden, you're thinking, yeah. "I can go and do my job here, and I don't have to worry about tracking back." Because Maybe six months or a year ago, you'd have played Bailey out on the right against City. And potentially if they'd have had someone like a Doku playing, even a Grealish, for example, you'd have been maybe worried that our fullback's going to get isolated here. You didn't think that in this game at all. You thought, actually, we're counter-punching here. We're causing them problems. And their fullback did not fancy it against either of them. You know, obviously when Diaby came on, he had a couple of little bursts. Yeah, Ramsey's now got a bit of a situation, but the thing is, we're, we're now got a match, match day squad, haven't we? It's, it's not good rotation. I mean, I'd, I'd expect him to start in in Mostar next week. I'd expect Moreno to start. There's, there's, these are the games that you've got to get him up to speed in. But as in the you know the Bournemouth game and well, anything recently since Moreno and uh, yep. Ramsey's come back, it's great when you make a sub and it's like you're, you're maintaining the level. You're bringing the real team. quality, and if potentially you're bringing on like match winning players because these are guys who can on their own, have singular moments of real quality. We've not really had that much down in history. They bring facets, don't they? Cause they do. And variety. You, know, you go through the subs, when you when you take off Tillemans and Bailey, you're thinking, oh shit, they're two of the prime movers of why we got into this position. But then you're thinking, oh, hang on a minute, Diaby offers something, we'll keep him on the toes. It's like somebody fast going against a tiring back line. And then you've got Ramsey, same thing, carries the ball. We're actually taking it to them still and maybe even in a more direct way. So that's going to continue to put them on the back foot. They're going to really struggle to mount any kind of attack. And, you know, this, you know what I just said about they, they, didn't have a, they didn't have a shot since the 11th minute shows you that because you would have expected Manchester City to have a go for 15 minutes, and we never allowed them that. And then just to continue, Luca Dean goes off, Moreno goes on, and then again, it's almost like we're getting more offensive here. And Duran is a, is a handful and you thought, actually, that's a good substitution. It's not like, oh, we're, you know, we're taking off Watkins to rest him and we're dropping down a notch. Actually, Duran, for this point of the game where City are going to have to really, you know, try to do something, you, d- you don't want to be dealing with that madman up front who's physical. He allows you to play back to front a little bit more and play off the second yeah. ball, which I think if we'd have actually, we didn't need to do that much in the end, but he did help hold the ball up well. But I thought it allowed you to maybe go back to front, get the second ball, and then all of a sudden you've got runners in, you know, Ramsey and Diaby and everyone else who can re- almost run past him, potentially. It could have, it could have caused them a lot of problems. And, uh, you know, obviously the, the goal came and it was a great moment, but then there was, you know, there was the Louise, you know, shot later in the game that could have really put the gloss on, on yeah. the win. You know, we had a great performance. That would have been the perfect way to sort of end a, a fairly perfect night and, and wouldn't have I mean, flattered Villa, I wouldn't have said. No, not at all. I mean, Torres... <sighs> I yeah, think big chance. It's a great saver. Yeah, there was still a bit of room there. He could have bent it in. I mean, yeah. it, you know, it's in the moment. But I think also McGinn, when he turns it onto his right foot in the box, you think it's he's burying it. I think if that was on his left foot, if he's coming in from the yeah, other side, scoring, it, it's in the back of the net. But you're talking about real good chances here. Yeah, the big ones. And uh, two or three nil, that is basically, uh, would be a fair reflection on the game. It's, it's a one nil battering, isn't it? it is, yeah, that's sort of how the press have played, isn't it? It's, it's, it's a one, a most dominating one nil you've seen, especially obviously to be against Man City, but 
Great, great moment for Bailey. Obviously, when the goal goes in, great for the crowd. I thought the fans were, were really good. They really stuck with the team. You know, often when you play City, it can be difficult because you you don't get a lot of the ball. And then the, traditionally, the way City have pressed you, they're on top of you, and you end up giving the ball away a lot. But because Villa didn't, the fans were like they are playing superbly here from the get go. Because there was, this, I think, there was yeah. a certain level of expectation. It felt like how Villa Park reacts when there's a big game in town, yeah. whether it's a semi final or something. It, did, it had a big game feeling this one. Yeah. And it and will it, it used to, We used to come to the party against Manchester United, but obviously there's a different ecosystem out there now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, United is, that is almost generational. Yeah, a bit like the Liverpool. To, yeah, but almost like Liverpool. <laughs> and Liverpool as well, yeah. So Manchester City is something we don't really take that seriously. And if you're beating us, it's only because of the oil money. Uh, but it's, I think it's because they won the treble and... And they're like the media darlings and all that. And obviously, more so, it was about us, really. It was about, it was where are we? What are what are we? Where are we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. because for the first time in a, you know, a very long time, we're playing them as kind of like actual peers, where we're right in the mix with them on form. We're as good. You know, it's, it's sort of two teams you thought would go toe-to-toe. And if anything, Villa, Villa threw a lot more punches, as the stats, stats suggest. So third in the table. And uh, I'll ask you those existential questions again. Who are we and where are we? <laughs> Well, who are we now? I mean, there was a couple of people who I'd seen online, and it's fair enough they're making, you know, trying to sort of make a point and say, oh, you know, a miracle performance. And I was sort of thinking, well, fair enough, it's a bit of a one-off in terms of historically, but this is who we are now. Strap yourself in, enjoy the moment, but look forward to Arsenal and whatever is else to come in the the season because we've been doing this over a year and we've been getting better at it and we're getting more clinical. This isn't Big Ange, Tottenham, Hotspur, a good first eight games or whatever. This is over from that day he walked in and beat Manchester United. Yep, this is who we are now. You know, are we a top four side? Well, we won't know until May, but in reality, we're in the mix. We can go toe-to-toe with anyone. That's what you learnt against City is we now you can actually legitimately see us winning something because on our day it's like remember that league cup final against manchester city he just never fancied us at all from the get-go you you know, you know i was there for a day out you never fancied ourselves and you know look at that fucking team it's uh, a bit of a joke really it's like we were all there to get covid weren't we well try to I didn't, I didn't get it. <laughs> you know look at the team was it Neyland in goal Neyland, engels gilbert target almo Al Ghazi, Nakamba, Samata. Samata up front and he scored. I mean, it's bizarre to think now. That was that was actually in the uh, the first half. I always thought his goal was a late consolation, no, but it was a forty first minute. It was a John Stone slip. I remember it was a really good. Even goal, though actually. you know it's two one, you, you never fancied our chances. But now, give me that League Cup final against them. Now, give me any any final now with this team. You would be Villa fans would be marching to Wembley with expectations, and mm-hmm. that win against City made me feel a hell of a lot more confident about the Europa Conference League as well, where we've been favourites from the get-go just based on we're a Premier League team, you know, we're Especially we're defensively for me. And we've got a decent team, but the fact is that just injects belief, that result. Not the result so much, but the performance injects yes. that you can actually... The opposition will actually fear you. If it's Manchester City in a cup final, Liverpool, Arsenal, they're going to know it's going to, they're going to have to play well. And as you know, Pep said after this game, Aston Villa were better than us. That is the, uh, yeah. that was his diagnosis of the game. Simple as that, really. Yeah. And he was asked, you know, is he the clickbaity question? You know, are, are Villa in the title race? He went, well, yes, definitely for the way they're playing, physicality, speed, the bench, you know, Emery, their mid block, set pieces, definitely. Yeah. It's, it's about, you know, aggression, the midfield. 
and that is something I think that's that kind of style you just mentioned McGinn uh, you know he's got he's technically it just impresses me more and more but with that extra little sprinkle of aggression on top and it's almost like uh, unique to him the way he's he very, plays he's always been a unique player hasn't he but he, yeah. now you're seeing a unique player who's been kind of less he's less quirky and yeah. he's a lot more sort of polished which has taken a little while you know he's obviously it, it wasn't straight out of the box playing like this, especially at Premier League level. He's taken a, a while to get there, yeah, but now he's... You know, all these, these stories like, oh yeah, Manchester United, 30 million. This is like a couple of seasons ago. We'd kind of laugh at them because actually there's there's nothing that warrants that. There's no real examples. He was like somebody that you, you would view through the, he only cost 2.5 million, but he's worth a lot more than that. But he, as you said, he had that kind of quirkiness, but he's now... And I think how he played for Scotland and uh, that has kind of fed into him in terms of his confidence. And because sometimes, you know, when you, when you know you're a good player, there's still many levels above this and in, in, uh, above yep. that in this game. And that a lot of it's mental. And now he must feel like before he was like playing bridesmaid to Grealish. But now who, who, who are you going to take McGinn or Grealish? I take McGinn every day. And, and of course, positionally, you know, Emery's come in and gone. Why the fuck are you playing back there as a six? That's not your game. Yeah. You know, he can. He's you know he's combative as hell in the middle of the park, but you want him to be combative in the centre circle and forwards, not picking the ball up off the back line. That's not his game. That's what Kamara and Louise excel at, and and other people really. Yeah. And Telemans, obviously, he had a sort of a, his combative streak has sort of come into his game a lot more. His pressing's been really good. And they all, to a man, you know, they all put in a really good shift. You know, you, you can't really single out anyone because they were all really good. Yeah, I mean, there's that laziness, isn't there? When you do your match ratings and uh, there's been a good result, you give everybody a, like a nine or a 10. But this time it's like, I think I can't pick anybody who was an eight. They're all uh, right up there. Yeah. Almost yep. a perfect performance. It was like almost a perfect performance of how to win a game against the top team without actually uh, having your real shooting boots on. Yeah, or of course, conversely, I mean, you know, the last thing, the last time we had beat them at Villa Park or the previous times, it's always been pretty much sit deep, hope for the best, get yeah. a bit, ride your luck a little bit, and then if you get a chance, take it. Just pump it up to Vyman. <laughs> past volume <laughs> <laughs> or you know the, the, I remember like the Darren Bent one which was kind of a bit earlier in Man City's dominant period but it was like Bent scored a, a goal relatively early and then Villa just sort of dug in for 75 minutes this one we didn't have to dig in let's round this off by saying uh, at the start of the show I, I, <laughs> I said this was the way that Wenglos always envisaged Villa playing we almost I would have been actually content with nil-nil just because of what Martinez said, but that would have just had us on the same level as Remy Gard, wouldn't it? Who managed to nil-nil <laughs> draw against Manchester City on his first day. Don't so compare Unai Emery with Remy Gard. <laughs> so that's what I was, I was watching this thinking, oh, actually, if this stays nil-nil, we're no better than Remy Gard's villa, <laughs> even though it's still a good result in isolation. So thank God for Leon Bailey. And the, well, I think the deflection—it—that it, was we the fun that thing. Look. There's no Manchester City fan that can go, "Oh, you only scored, you know, you only scored because it deflected." It's like, well, actually, uh, you were fucking lucky up to that point. Yeah. So fantastic performance, uh, even more than a result, because the, a result is just one day only. The performance is something you can see just bleed on into other games. You would hope so. I'm hoping, uh, in terms of Arsenal, uh, I was thinking, you know, that was an effort. He was. I, I, and they've got an extra day on us. Good news is it's not away, so we're not going to... And we weren't away in this game, so it's, you know, you can go straight to whatever recuperation, so this should be reasonably okay. 
Yeah, I'd, Im- I'd imagine they'll have had them straight back at Bodymore Heath last night. They'll be straight back in this morning as well. They'll be they'll be really wrapping them in cotton wool for the next few days. They yeah. won't be doing heavy sessions. It'll be a bit of tactical work, but that'll be it. But this was, it's a two-game package, I think, as far as Emery's concerned. He- Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. He's not even really celebrating this win. It's, as he said in his post-match, let's talk and reflect after the Arsenal game. So, until then, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from him. Goodbye. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.